Street Fight Pass Special Report. It's Extra Rounds. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 268. Kamaru Usman. Colby Covington. For the UFC Welterweight Championship of the World. Now, broadcasting live and on location in New York City. Here are your hosts, TJ DeSantis and Pearl Gonzalez. We are live here in New York City. It's a city that never sleeps. They say if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. And Pearl Gonzalez, we are here. Nice shot of the Statue of Liberty. Hey, everybody, it's Extra Rounds here on UFC Fight Pass. TJ DeSantis, along with a very tall Pearl Gonzalez. I mean, it's a big card, but I didn't think you were going to grow to the uh, proportions of this card. Well, you couldn't see my outfit. I worked really hard on it, so I asked if I could stand on something, so I'm standing on something. All right, so don't fall. I won't. We need you. Okay. We need you. Uh, I mentioned Patty Pimblett in the house. Uh, Luciana Andrade here as well. We will talk uh, to them before this show is over. But, of course, we are getting you ready for UFC 268. It goes down Saturday night inside Madison Square Garden. Your main event is a rematch between Kamara Usman and Colby Covington. You know, we've talked a lot about Kamara Usman and his desire to get more respect. This man is number one pound for pound in the world. But he still has something to prove, Pearl. And when you look at Usman, he's fighting to defend his title, but he's also fighting for his legacy. He wants to be the best welterweight, not of only his era, but of all time. Oh my goodness. And the more you listen to this man talk, the more you can't help but just fall in love with him. His values, his morals as a man, as a champion, the way he stands, not only in his skill set, we, we, we haven't even gotten to his skill set, but just him as an individual. He's such a great example of what a true champion is in the sport, TJ. Yeah, he's the good guy on paper, the baby face that, of course, the opposite of one Colby Covington. Chaos is his nickname, and chaos is what he could do to this welterweight division should he pull off the upset. The first fight was a very fun fight, very close fight, but, yes. uh, you know, Kamaru Usman, a pretty sizable favorite. We'll get to the odds from DraftKings here in a moment, but looking at Colby Covington, there were some things he did well in that first fight. Do you think that he can make the adjustments and capitalize on some of those things that he did well the first time that they met? The first fight, TJ, was spectacular. It was back and forth. Colby hurt him several times in his striking, and you can tell in that fight that Usman actually had the advantage in the positioning in the fight of, of the, it was a predominantly a striking match, and he had the better positioning, the better strikes. However, Colby was able to just fish out great strikes, land big, heavy shots, and hurt Usman several times in this fight. What, what's interesting to me is what happens when they grapple? We right. haven't even seen them grapple. I do believe that Colby has all the skills needed to, to take care of Usman. However, we have not seen him. Usman is he's getting better at an incredibly fast rate. The last performance we saw, he was He says a lot of things, you know, but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if that can happen because, you know, th there are a lot of things happening right now in this division, and <laughs> yes, it's one is. hell of a fight. And, you know, but I, I kind of want to talk about Kamar Usman and his sort of outlook on wanting to earn respect. I mentioned he's number one pound for pound. What is it that is driving this narrative for Kamaru that he feels like he needs to still earn the respect of the masses? Because, again, number one pound for pound, 
one. Many people believe he's the best fighter fighting today. Well, I think that, you know, his thing is he, he's a, he wants to be a legend. He wants to be the greatest welterweight of all time. Now, when you say that, you can't help but think of GSP and, and other people behind him. So I feel like he's at a point where that's what he's here to prove. He wants to be the greatest of all time. Exclamation point. There's no and, if, buts about it. And so I, I believe that, that Usman has the respect now. He's, there's no way he doesn't have it. And I believe now what it is, is it's about being a legend and being the best ever. You know, when you talk about respect and talk about uh, the opposite of Kamara Usman in this fight, talking about Colby Covington, you know, he, he's not in the pound-for-pound pound discussion. He's not ranked in the top 15 pound-for-pound, pound, but he's only lost two times in his career, and one of those was to the pound-for-pound pound king in Kamara Usman. So I kind of feel like if anyone is fighting for respect this Saturday night, it's Colby Covington. You know, and the interesting thing about this, though, is yes, he lost to Usman, but that was such a close fight. It was back and forth. I mean, it could have went either way until the end of it. And at the end of the fight, yes, he did get finished. But up until that point, it was they were back and forth, both being hurt. I mean, I had it at two rounds apiece. I don't know where you scored that fight. But it, it was an incredibly close fight. And I, I believe he's not ranked right now because of due to inactivity. You know, we, we haven't seen him that, since That's then. a great point because, you know, he did come back and fight Tyron Woodley. He got the win there, stopping Woodley. But, you know, activity, there, there are all these little subtleties when it comes to the pound-for-pound pound discussion. And I think you're right. If, had he had one more fight, probably would be uh, in that Sorry. list. No, I, I like this song, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit more uh, about that first fight, though, Pearl, because when I look at Kamara Usman and, and Colby Covington, that first meeting, like you said, it was stopped. Colby was definitely stopped. But had he not had his jaw broken, I think he could have survived. I think he could have at least made it to that final uh, bell to at least lose via judge's decision. So when you look at this fight, it's going to be interesting to see if Colby has the ability to make some adjustments that maybe he wasn't able to make because he had that jaw injury in the fifth round. You know, and, and when we go back to that, Covington, Covington says that his jaw was not broken. He thought it was broken. But if you watch that fight, it was the positioning again on Usman. It was the straight punches. Look at the straight right hand that landed there. That's what started to shut him down. You know, and it was just the positioning. Colby Covington did not have the advantage in the striking. However, he was throwing these big loopy punches and, and these head kicks and just mixing his striking up so well that he was landing big shots and actually able to, to stay in there and bang with Usman. However, Usman in this fight, it was all about positioning and, and he had the advantage in that in that area. TJ DeSantis, Pearl Gonzalez, we are here in New York City for UFC 268. We are hanging out and uh, setting the table for a phenomenal card coming up uh, this Saturday night. When I look at these guys at the uh, press conference, I mean, temper tempers have flared, to say the least. Oh like, my goodness, you, know, you the, see those outfits? are fire-ass outfits. Talk about fashion on point. Both of them had amazing suits. The, uh... <laughs> The idea that we're going to talk about their clothing instead of a fist fight right now, I mean, that's what we do on extra rounds. We go the distance. Yes, absolutely. He had on a full cheetah print, and everybody knows my favorite color is cheetah print, or leopard print, excuse me. But he had on a cheetah print Usman, had on a cheetah print outfit, head to toe, looked flawless, and then you had Colby Covington in with a, a Miami-themed, said Miami on the back of it. Like, it was, it was badass. 
when I uh, look at the main event and um, you know think about what what changes need to be made, I think Colby needs to make Kamaru uncomfortable and needs right. to get in his head. And, and maybe he's done just oh. that. We'll, Wait, let we'll me get off my, my little All right, chair. you're going to move over there. I'm going to press some buttons over okay. here. And uh, I'm going to say, hey, everybody, it's Teacher DeSantis, Paul Gonzalez, extra rounds here, live from the Ainsworth Hi. Chelsea location. And uh, come on in. I'm going to have you stand in the middle here. We're trying to play musical chairs. Grab that. It is Luciana Andrade. Yeah, that's me. Let's see if I can hear you. It's hard, it's hard, but uh, you know, happy to have you here. UFC 268, one of the biggest cards uh, of the year. What, what's your feeling here a couple days out? Or how excited are you? It's amazing. It's Madison Square Garden. We haven't been in New York in a while, so I'm super excited to be back. We have a couple exciting fights. Um, uh, this card, we have Rose Namahunas, you know, Sun Wheelie, Kamaru Usman, Kobe Covington, you know, Michael Chandler, all these guys fighting. It's going to be exciting. You're just spitting off names. Like you're well prepared for this. Like you, you can come on the show and break down fights with us. I didn't know we were talking, and I was like, oh my god, what am I gonna say? But yeah, no, I actually, I actually knew about the fights because I, I do happen to be presenting a podcast, a weekly podcast to one of our sponsors. So I do go and talk about the fights and the odds and, and all that. I'm not gonna ask you guys to to that, but you know you should. <laughs> I mean, it's the greatest sport in the world. You're around it. It's hard not to probably get sucked in a little bit. I know. Yeah. Traveling, you travel constantly. Again, you, you know you're the 
journey, but at the same time, like I still love to do this, you know, and be the, you know, one of the faces of UFC, not just us. Um, yeah, so it's amazing. I don't have that many advices for the women out there. A lot of people ask me, hey, how do I become a UFC Octagon girl? I'm like, I mean, if they decide to do a contest again, I guess you guys will be the first ones to know, but it's just, it's just an amazing day. And, uh, you know, I, I look at the uh, the fights, and, and you guys drive the energy of the crowd, and that's something that I think I took for granted a little bit with COVID the last year. Like, when we have these small crowds at the Apex, like, crowds make everything more exciting, and I think you you guys and what you do on, on fight night is a very uh, essential part to make sure that the crowd is into it at times. Yeah. I mean, at this point, like, there's also the tradition, right? The ring girls, the Octagon girls, they have been in, uh, with the UFCs from the beginning, right? And it was, like you said, it was very different during COVID because we didn't have the energy of the crowds. And even for us, we were sitting, you know, uh, six feet apart and we couldn't really talk. We couldn't go and take pictures with the crowd and talk to the fans. Like here, I, I get to talk to a few and say, hey, where are you guys uh, from? Are you from New York? Are you watching the fight? Some people are going to MSG for the first time. Some people are, will be happy, uh, will be watching from home. So it, it, we miss that and it's obviously amazing to be back. You know, speaking of where you're from, obviously you have roots in, in Brazil, yeah. and you know, I think about this sport and how many great Brazilians have been involved. It's essential that we have a Brazilian woman, you know, as an octagon girl, right? Like, you yeah. gotta be proud of that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun. I, I get to represent the brand and my country. Yeah. It doesn't get any better than that, right? How about Glover Teixeira? Glover Teixeira, amazing. I mean, the guy has been around forever, like a lot of persistence, great fighter, great person too. Everybody that It's uh, a story to be inspired by. Go ahead. Yes, Luciana, so are you traveling constantly? I mean, she doesn't just do fight nights, right? She's at the weigh-ins. They're at some of, these, some of the press conferences, and you guys do events like this. Do you have a social life outside of this? Or is oh, for it, sure I do. do. After this, I'm going to dinner. <laughs> there you go.
traffic. I just checked in, changed, did a poor makeup. <laughs> and then, and then I'm here now. So I, I only had breakfast today. So I'm like, oh my god, where's the food? Yeah, I would love to have some pizza. I hope you get some pizza. Send me pizza. It, it won't shock you guys. I've been here for 24 hours. I've already had pizza. All right, good so. for you, TJ. Yeah. I'm so amazing. jelly. It's pretty great. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's good this city, I'm from Chicago. I'm, I'm a big pizza lover. This city by far is the best pizza I've ever had. Really? Yes. Oh, really? Did you hear this, Chicago fans? What's that? Did you hear this, Chicago fans? Yeah, I know. Say you're from Iowa instead of Illinois now. All right, Luciana, appreciate your time. Oh, thank uh, you guys. Have fun in New York, and hopefully we can have you back again sometime. Oh yeah, for sure. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. And yeah, bye. There we go, Luciana and Andrade. Kind enough to give us a few moments here on Extra Rounds, live on UFC Fight Pass. You know, we're talking about the card, and there's another fight that we haven't even gotten to yet. It is your co-main event, a rematch between Thug Rose Namajunas defending your strawweight title against the former champion in Zhang Weili. When you look at this fight, oh it's it's a rematch. It's it's one that not a lot of people, I think, are really taking the results from the first fight into consideration for this one because Zhang Weili is the favorite. Um, in the second fight? Yes. Wow. Let's take a look at the odds courtesy of DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, look Looking at uh, Rose Namajunas, plus 105 is the champion, minus 125 is Zhang Weili. So, you know, ever, ever bit the slight underdog. It's not, uh, you know, running away with it. But like I said, it's not often you'll see a fighter get knocked out in one meeting, get an immediate rematch, and open up as the favorite. Yes, you know, she, but we are also talking about Weili here. Weili Zhang is so talented. her skills technically she's so sound she's strong she hits hard and now she's been wrestling and her she moved her camp here to and is uh is here with henry has been training with henry cejudo so now she has one of the greatest usc fighters ever in her corner who's been helping her and and just helping her make the adjustments needed so i would believe we should expect to see her wrestle this fight we'll see i mean that that will be the game plan, especially after being knocked out the way that she was. Um, but but again, the odds makers, it, it's just interesting to me that the line has Zhang Weili as, you know, not a, again a sizable favorite, but still a favorite uh, nonetheless. And, and I'm, I'm curious, why oh, is she the favorite? So awesome. Why is she the favorite? <laughs> okay, so I think the reason why she's the favorite, if you look at Rose's last loss, it was to Jessica Andrash, right? She lost it due to wrestling, the grappling. One. Two, Whaley won the belt by an annihilating yeah. Andrade. So if you look at those two factors, I would say that would be the reason why she's the favorite in this fight, due to the grappling and also because of, of the way that they both uh, fought, the, fought uh, Jessica Andrade. The idea that Zhang Whaley is the favorite is... Again, a little surprising, Thank but you, not not uh, without warrant. Um, as, as you sip, what, what do we got there? The the, the glass hollerhead and what? Yeah, I got some hollerhead and ginger. There you go. That, I think you uh, you like that. Yes. When, when you made it the really good. yeah. All right. I haven't had a lot of sugar in a while. This is amazing. Actually. All right. 
Carl Gonzalez living it up here a little bit in, in New York. But, you know, getting back to the skills of Zhang Weili, it is possible that she wins this fight. Yes. It, it might even be likely. Right. One thing, though, that I, I'm, I'm curious about is what the crowd and the atmosphere is going to be like for Zhang Weili. Because if you remember, she was a little bit rattled by the crowd in Florida when she fought Rosnami Yunus. Do you th I mean, it's going to be a pro Thug Rose crowd. Do you think Zhang Weili is going to be better prepared for it? Yeah, she has to. She's made a lot of adjustments, she said. She said that she's very calm and composed. She's done a lot of mental work. If you watch any of the embedded or any of the, the press uh, releases leading up to this fight, you can see that Henry's also done a really big job of helping kind of coach her and, and give her advice. And I think that that's a huge, that plays a big factor in someone's, in, in an athlete's confidence when you have someone who's done incredible things in the sport like Henry Cejudo, who's kind Rose, she is the defending champion, and it's almost familiar territory here because if you remember, she beat you on a young check, and then she had to go prove it once again with an immediate rematch. It's the same thing now with Zhang Wei Li. So I gotta believe that that Rose is not rattled or upset by the fact that she's having to fight Zhang again. She's already done it before, and it worked out well for her the first time when she beat Yuana. So um, do, do you think Rose is is comfortable? Do you think that she feels Feels like this is familiar territory? I think that Rose is at her best. She, if you watch her in her previous fights, here we're watching her in the very beginning of her career, but if you watch her fights and you watch her journey, her movement is like no other. Her positioning in her fights, her composure in her fights, her ability to see this tiny opening that not many people can see and not is incredibly exciting as an athlete, someone to uh, keep your eye on. Don't blink, because as we saw, she possesses knockout power. We just saw her do a flying arm bar a moment ago. Finishing rate of 70%, uh, two knockouts to, to five submissions. It's been something where she's always been in the UFC spotlight since she made her debut. Yes. She fought Colorado Esparza following the Ultimate Fighter, and she's undefeated in rematches, and that's something that I think definitely benefits her here is, you know, she's fought rematches. She's won every single one of them. So we'll see what she can do coming up uh, on Saturday. But when I look at, you know, the, the odds again, she's the underdog. Does she need to have style points to cement that status? Because I, I feel like she needs to win some respect in this fight. I love that I'm taller than you right now. I'm sorry. I can't stop, <laughs> I can't stop looking at the screen. You know, you're, you're not taller than me. You're just standing in the box. I I'm love just saying. It. It's so funny. Um, oh, God, I forgot the question. Uh, I, said I just do want to say something before you say that. Her yeah. two knockouts yeah. are spectacular moments. 
they were against two of the best, the greatest strawweights ever. So let's let's right. not like yeah, it's not just a number. On paper. Right, it's not. I mean, these were huge knockouts. These were huge moments. Uh, some of the greatest moments ever in UFC history. So yes, let me just say that. But go ahead. But does she need to win via style points of cement her status? Because it's unfortunate that Rose has been in the same situation where she beats someone, has a rematch, and I think she's been the underdog in all of those fights. I think that Rose doesn't need to do anything other than be herself, and I believe that she's going to put on an, an amazing performance, and, and, and she's going to do what Rose has always done, and that's just produce greatness. Uh, whether, you know, I don't, I don't have either or, either side, right, because both of these women are extremely talented and the absolute best in this division. she throws, the way she puts it all together is flawless. And, and I don't know if we've seen someone move like her yet. So with that being said, as long as Rose continues to be herself and not change anything, she, she doesn't need to make any adjustments in this fight. Yeah, I mean, it worked out well for her. A minute and 18 seconds is all it took for her to dethrone Zhang Weili. And, you know, this fight I think is going to be harder. It's got to be because, you know, Replicating that sort of success, I mean, back-to-back -back is going to be incredibly hard for, for Rose Namajunas. But I think if she fights smart and fights the way she did the first time, it's going to be up to Zhang Weili to make those adjustments. Now, looking at Zhang, um, we, we talked about the crowd being a factor at, at in Florida. You know, this is a very patriotic city here in New York. And Thug Rose being the American, this is going to be a very loud crowd. Oh, my God. Insane. Yeah. And they're all going to be cheering, I think, for Thug Rose. You might have some support for Zhang because, you know, she, she's a phenomenal fighter as well. But you're fighting an American in New York City. Is that going to rattle her at all? No, and I think that you're gonna, we're going to be very surprised to see how many people really do also support Wei Li. Like, remember, Wei Li ignited Asia. So right. she, she, when she won that bout, I mean, it, it exploded in her country and, and in China. So I believe that she's going to one-sided crowd here. I mean, she's done amazing. I, what was she? Was she on a 19-fight win streak before yeah. this? 19-fight win streak has been just perfect, basically, in, in her UFC run up until this point, right? So, yes, I, you can see why she's the favorite in this fight. You can see why people believe that she has the ability to win, because she absolutely does. She has all the skills needed to win this fight, and she's also You know, I remember her fight with Jessica Andrade, and people were saying that Zhang Weili was maybe getting that fight because the fight was in China, and, and it was more of an opportunity to give the fans in China something to really look forward to and just sit, watch their fellow countrywoman fight for a belt. But then that was all put to the wayside when she beat Jessica Andrade. She proved to be more than capable, and she hopes to get back to that championship status coming up on Saturday night. Let's take a look at some stats. You mentioned a phenomenal record. 21 and 2 for Zhang Wei Li, a finishing rate of 81%, 10 knockouts to 7 submissions. She's only been finished once in 23 bouts, of course. That was the last fight with Rose Nama Yunus. Um, but, you know, she's a former strawweight champ, hopes to get that belt back. She's also exciting, earned performance of the night uh, against Jessica Andrade and Ioana Yun. Jacek, 
But I, I'm, I'm curious when you look at this fight, Pearl, and you look at the idea that Zhang Wei Li is coming off of a stoppage. Will that change the way she fights and, and her strategy and approach in this fight? Mm. That's an interesting. That is very interesting because listen, in this fight, Wei Li is the one that has to make the adjustments, not Rose. Right? Wei Li did not see that strike coming, and, and you can't. Let, let me tell you, say something. If there's like, obviously, I, all the UFC fighters are, are extremely talented athletes, but Whaley is such a hard worker. She is so dedicated to this sport. She's de committed her life to it. And if you follow her on her social media, she's just, she's a machine, nonstop work. So when you work as hard as Whaley does, and to have it end like it did in a minute and 18 seconds, oh my God, it's, that's gotta be devastating, right? That's like a form of her changing her identity in a sense. And she's got to come back from that one. And now, too, she's making these adjustments. So with that being said, yes, she's coming. She's far more prepared. As a fighter, when, when you have moments where you know that your best wasn't shown, where you didn't perform to your ability, you think about it haunts you at night, every night. And I believe that that's what's happened with this fight with Waylee. Since it's happened, it's, it's haunted her. She is. She's she's played replayed this fight in her head a thousand times, maybe more than that, and is ready to come out and, and prove that she is the best and, and, and showcase all of her hard work. I'm TJ DeSantis. She's the much taller Pearl <laughs> Gonzalez. We are hanging out here at the Ainsworth, the Chelsea location oh, so here good. in I New York so City. Good. I mean, you look tall. I gotta look up to you. I mean, let's be honest. I've always looked up to you. <laughs> Now I'm literally looking You're literally up to you. Good. I can't laugh too much and dance too much because it's a little wobbly, but we're making it happen. Uh, so Patty Pimblett in the house here. Uh, we're going to talk to Patty here in a little bit, but uh, going to chat with a fellow now who uh, is somewhat responsible for Patty Pimblett getting on the map. There we go. There he is, Graham Boylan. What is your uh, official title over at Cage Warriors, President? Yeah, I'm the president of Cage Warriors. I'm the one that everybody shouts at. Okay. I'm the one that's got to deal with all the rubbish. That's, that's a tough job. That's yeah. a tough job. Someone's got to do it, right? Uh, somebody. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was at the show in San Diego. It was your second Cage Warriors uh, in America. It's a strong brand, man. Oh and that goodness. is incredibly hard to establish in this modern day and age. You know, you've gone through some ups and downs with Cage Warriors. It's got to feel pretty good to see where it's at today here in 2021. Yeah, look, it's amazing. It's been around since 2002. It's been up, it's been down, like you said, but you know, it's developed, even in the ups and downs, it's developed some of the most amazing athletes that have come out of Europe. There's 107 UFC fighters have come from the organization. Right now, Unbelievable. you've got probably your biggest star sitting two meters away from you right now. Let's talk about him a little bit. Patty Pimblett, he's someone that has burst onto the stage, a former champion in Cage Warriors. He just has the, the star power. There's something about this kid that people just are, are drawn to. What is it, Graham? Is it something that jumped off the page the first time you met Patty? Patty was, Patty's a magnetic character. He's bigger 
on Cage Warriors than Connor ever was. And I mean, that's saying something. Look, I'm telling you, I've been there through the whole thing. Connor, when he left Cage Warriors, was a huge star. Paddy is 10 times bigger than Connor leaving Cage Warriors. And even after his debut fight, in the UFC, he's like 10 times bigger again. You know, where, where this kid's gonna go, you know, he's fighting the holds up, where he's gonna go, the sky's the limit. You know, when I look at Patty, he, he seems very mature as well. He seems like he knows what he wants and what and how he's going to get it. And I think that it says something about the way he was brought up in Cage Warriors, because he had the championship status there, he went through some ups and downs, and, and he's, you know, really gotten comfortable in his skin. How important do you think it was for him to have that Cage Warriors upbringing so when he got the call to the UFC, he was ready. He was, Paddy was pressure tested. He was put through the grit, okay? So when I say that, he had no easy opponents. Every fight he had from the get-go was a solid test. It was a step up after step up after step up. Now, when you look at him now, he is the perfect specimen leaving Cage Warriors to go to the UFC. Had he gone when he had the offers previously, he'd probably be released by now he's here to stay you know and, and that's something we talk about all the time you know in the modern day it's not too hard to get to the UFC but it's incredibly hard to get to the UFC come up short and then have to battle your way back after getting cut and you know not a lot of people get multiple chances and you want to avoid that obviously and maybe Patty does uh, avoid that because like you said he's been able to you know go through the, the maturation process you know fighting in big organizations when I look at Patty, though, you know, one thing people can argue about Connor was that maybe the fame and the lights maybe got to him a little bit. How is Patty going to be able to handle that sort of pressure and, and the things that sort of come along with fighting in the UFC when you're a mainstay focal point? Because one fight in, the world loves him already. I'm going to let you know on a secret here. When Patty won the Cage Warriors belt, and when he was fighting in Cage Warriors, he made so much money, he turned into that guy. <laughs> and when he had those couple of losses, yeah. and he came back and he had the injuries and he was back training, he learned what a douchebag he was at that time. <laughs> and he'll tell you right now, he's matured, he's been through it. He hung out with the wrong crowd. He understood what it's now like to be a pro athlete with attention. This is the second time round in that level of things. It's a lot bigger for him, but he's made his mistakes and I think he's going to handle that quite well. Yeah, and I think that's something that you have to do in this sport. You have to make mistakes, otherwise you don't learn and, you know, try to become better, you know, from yeah. making those mistakes. So, I have a question for you. You know, as the president, you, you had Connor, you now have Patty. Like, what is that like for you? Did, did you know that Connor was going to be the star he was? Obviously, now you do have something to pull from, experience, so you can see to see them go on and develop okay cage warriors is possibly the biggest fighter factory there is in europe we develop some of the biggest names we pressure test them there's no easy fights so when they go through that whole apprenticeship and they develop their degree we look at it as a degree right your university is going to take it three years to get a degree minimum this is their fighting degree they get the degree they progress onto the ufc they go off into the world and they do huge things and we absolutely fucking love it. We're behind them 100%. And we love watching it, Grant. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, that, that's one thing.
really am curious. You mentioned Cage Warriors started in 2002 uh, over there in the UK. What were you thinking? Because MMA wasn't big in 2002, and especially in that part of the world, it, it wasn't growing the way it is now. Yeah. I mean, you, you had to be a little bit crazy to go all in on this thing. Yeah. Like well, a little bit of history here. In 2002, there was different owners, and it was 2009 when I came into the picture okay. when it was defunct. We took it on in 2010. It was a dead organization. I had the history. I had the name. We had the intellectual property rights. No fighters. No TV. It sounds we rebuilt like the UFC. The whole thing up. You're thinking about the UFC in 2001 yeah. when Zufa bought it. Yeah. Like it sounds like you kind of came in the same situation. Yeah. We came in and we built it all up, and here we are now with, like I said, over 100 athletes, and we got a few more stars like that ready to come along too. They're all just waiting to be knocked on. Well, I like it. Cage War is a fighter factor. You said that you, you that you're the top promotion in Europe, right? You just we just went through a pandemic. You guys are thriving over there. What advice do you have for anybody out there? I mean, even in general, with with the the, the mindset to the, to get through the pandemic and to thrive. Like, do you have any advice for anybody out there and, and how you kind of took that on? Well, we well we took on is two months into the pandemic. We realized. The fighters need to compete. We realize that we need to keep our roster busy. We need to find a way to make this work. So we worked with the government and we got ourselves officially approved by the government to put our shows on. So through the whole pandemic, we were the only live sports in Europe. And that's going right back from March 2020. We were the only live sporting event in Europe for about eight months before other people started stepping in. And through all that, you know, the UFC was something we looked up and taught. They were the first ones back. They we can do it, we can do it. Right. We stepped in, we got it done, we got approved, we started getting all these guys busy again, and then we came up with an idea of, we can't just put one show on for 12 guys. Right. So we put three shows on, three nights in a row, and we did it five times, I love and it. kept the entire roster busy. Yeah, so I would say to anybody stuck in that situation, there's a way, find it. There is a way, and don't stop. And the trilogies are must-see TV, man. So, yeah. you know, phenomenal stuff. Graham, I appreciate you stopping by. I uh, can't wait to watch it. When's the next uh, Kings Warriors card? Four weeks. Four weeks. Yeah. Okay. And then when are you coming back to the States? Uh, I'll fly to London for the event in uh, probably three weeks' time. Okay. I've got Patty here with me for the whole month of November. Okay. So he's here to, he's going to be back in San Diego with me for, I think the first week of December, then we'll go back to London, we'll do Cage Warriors, and I'll come back home to San Diego. Awesome. Yeah. I'm coming down. We're going to go get lunch yes. in San Diego. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Let's appreciate you stopping by. Thank you, Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Look out yourselves. Extra rounds. TJ DeSantis. Pearl Gonzalez trying to wiggle our way around here as we get you ready for UFC 268. Again, it is this Saturday night, Madison Square Garden. Uh, Patty Pimblett hanging out as well. We're going to talk to Patty the Batty here in a little while. And again, you're just not going to let this tall thing go, are you? All right. I'm going to have to remind you who's taller later tonight. I mean, right now. That's true. That's true. That's true. All right, let's let's talk a little bit more about the action that is headed your way coming up on Saturday night. Justin Gaethje, the number two ranked lightweight, takes on the number four ranked Michael Chandler. This is a fight that really could go a variety of ways. And when I look at this fight, it's hard not to get excited and think maybe this could be fight of the night. Maybe it won't. This is a stacked card. But anytime Justin Gaethje takes the octagon, prepare for insanity and Michael Chandler's a willing dance party this could be a fight that really steals the night oh my goodness it's insane that this is on this card like this fight alone can be a whole event by itself I mean this 
this is one of the most exciting fights on the card. Aside from the, the two main cards, or two main events that we just talked about. But yes, Michael Chandler, he's come on the scene. He's exploded. You hear the way he interviews. You watch the way he fights. Like, this man is the real deal, right? And then you've got someone like Justin Gaethje, who's so exciting, who's willing to get knocked out at any given point to knock you out. And, and, you, and it's been awesome to watch Gaethje as well, because he has progressed tremendously as well. Since he switched over to the Whitman camp, and he's over there with Rose and Usman, his, his striking, his whole the way that he, he goes into his fights is so different, it's so intelligent. I mean, he's a force to be reckoned with. You know, both of these athletes have really carved out a name for themselves in mixed martial arts. And when I look at this fight and what might be at stake, it's really everything. If Justin Gaethje wins this fight, he may very well be back in title contention. Obviously, Either. with what's going on with Charles Oliveira and Dustin Poirier, I mean, you know, if, if Gaethje has to fight Poirier again, maybe he's not necessarily next in line. But if he pulls off a huge win with style points, people are going to demand. It. You know, they're going to want that again. And for Michael Chandler, you got to believe that he obviously wants to get this win, but he came in the UFC with such a bang when he beat Dan Hooker. And then was very close to actually beating Charles Oliveira, but, you know, Oliveira came back in impressive fashion and got the, the stoppage. So when I look at this, it really could be potentially another title fight for either of these guys if they win. You know what's insane is, is you're right. He came on the scene. I believe Gaethje. it was uh, yeah. even Gaethje. and um, he came on the scene as a backup. So he had a camp. He wait. He wait. He was ready to fight up until the fight happened. First, that's unheard of, right? Then he comes in and he fights Dan Hooker, and oh my God, he put on a, an a, a unforgettable performance. I can't even think of the right word. He comes in, burst on the scene, and then what's even better was his post-fight interview, which was. Another unforgettable moment in his career. Yeah, no, and we're going to see what happens coming up on Sunday night. It is a fight that you need to watch. Justin Gaethje taking on Michael Chandler. Like I said, it is must-see TV this Saturday night. All right, Pearl Gonzalez is uh, chatting with somebody. Uh, this is uh, Josh, right? Hey, Josh. Welcome to Extra Rounds. I'm TJ. That's Pearl. Uh, phenomenal uh, fight card coming up uh, this Saturday night. Josh, talk a little bit about what it's like to be here in this city. It's one of the, the best cities yes. in the world with it's one amazing. of the best fight cards this yeah. year. Right now, right now, this fight card is matching the energy of the city. We're lit right now. We out here having a good time. Oh my goodness, it's so exciting. Yeah. So do you have tickets? That's the question. Yeah, actually, I seen I seen Rose and Waylay, the first one. Okay. And now I get to see the second one. Yeah. Both of them live, so it's like, yo, if they go for the trilogy, Dana, I gotta be there. You heard it. What, what do you think about that fight? Uh, obviously, the, the first year yeah. go around went pretty honestly, well for Rose. It went, it went amazing for Rose. I feel like once you win that way, like maybe it's just I don't think she's gonna ever 
get this type of finish ever again because that's, that's so amazing, right? But at the same time, I feel like she's going to beat her again in a te more technical level, the same way that she beat Joanna. You know, like, just that same style. Yeah. But, you know, four-way Lee, though, she's the favorite. And people are backing her almost in a way where the first fight doesn't even count. What, what do you think about the uh, the betting public putting their money on Wei Lee? You know what? I, you want to know what I think? What do you think? What do you think? Tell us. These guys, these are the same guys that said that Nate Diaz was going to lose to Conor McGregor. I don't know. You guys really believe that bullshit? <laughs> so what do you think? What do you got? Yeah, you can turn around. What do you think is winning, uh, winning that fight? Well, they have Rose. Who do you have? I got Rose. Okay. Technically. Decision. Yeah. I think she picks Decision. her apart. I love that. Yeah. I, love I don't that. think. But. I think Wele's gonna give her a better fight, obviously, because there was nothing to be seen there. But I also think she's gonna push the pace more. I think she's gonna probably engage in the grappling more and just make it a dirtier fight. When I uh, look at the odds here, I mentioned that Rose Damianis is plus money, plus 105. Uh, are you a betting guy, Josh? Do you head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook and put money down? Uh, Rose? Yeah. Plus money. If you're backing her, you might you can make more money. I mean, we only live once, right? Right. And, and whatever you lose, I'll just make it next week. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Go back to work next week. Yeah. There's a bunch of opportunities. Yeah. Fuck it. We going in. There you go. Put the house up. All right. We didn't tell you to put the house up, but, uh, you know, if, if you win, we told you to put the house up. I'm putting the house up. We didn't do it. Anything else you're looking forward to this uh, fight card? I mean, we mentioned of course, you know, bro. Usman and Come on, they ain't talking about the people's main event. Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Oh, we were just people's talking about main it. Event. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I no, no. So you, you think that's the real main event, huh? That's the Yo, how. We have, honestly, on this card, we have three of the, the top three fights are literally the best fighters fighting the best at, at, in, oh out of it's all insane. the year. Like, it's insane. Yeah, look at the whole year. Look at the whole fight card. This card is the most competitive card on the top. And you, I mean, when you've got top. a Madison Square Garden, you got to bring that fire. Yeah, man, come on. Yeah, Josh, appreciate you stopping by. Enjoy Thank the fights, man. So and uh, Sorry, thanks for stopping by extra rounds. She makes me so nervous, you know? Oh, don't be nervous, oh man. Carl Gonzalez making everybody nervous here <laughs> on extra rounds. Josh stopping by here as we are live from the Ainsworth in Chelsea here in New York City getting ready for UFC 268. It is Saturday night. Did you just fall? Like what happened? No, it was funny. No. Okay, I don't know what was funny. Like, don't fall. I need you, Pearl. No, because I popped up. It was hilarious. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah, I mean you're you're, you're growing at an all-time uh, rate right now. You know? <laughs> it's like I swear to God, you grow like a foot every two minutes. I know. It's awesome. It's because you can't. You can see my outfit. But you can kind of see my outfit, but you really can't see my outfit. And it was just too badass to not see my outfit, so I had to stand on this. This song is badass too, by the way. Okay, I'm, I'm not gonna argue with you. There's, 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 there's a lot of badass things going on right now in New York. Shane Burgos <laughs> taking on Billy Q. Uh, this is another great fight, another main card fight. Um, you know, Burgos, a uh, New York guy. Uh, you know, when I look at these athletes that are fighting in their hometown or, you know, East Coast, the East Coast is interesting because there's so many states up and down this Atlantic seaboard where, you know, you can be someone from, like, Philadelphia and get a lot of people to come out when you're fighting in New York. But Shane Burgos, a New York guy, you know, this city's going to be definitely showing out for him. Is that added pressure for, for Burgos? Uh, you know, it depends. It's either added pressure or it's added fuel. It can be one or the other. And it all depends on how he decides to channel that energy in the moment. Because you can say one thing but feel another, especially when you're in that moment. And we've talked 
feels like it's it's forever, right? It so goes so slow from the time you walk into the arena to the time you warm up to the time you walk inside the octagon and then you fight. And it, it just feels like forever. The minutes are going so slow. But then again, it happens so fast. It's so quick. And, and it's over before you know it. So it all depends on how he decides to channel this energy. And the other thing about this is this is in Madison Square Garden. I mean, right. this is this is a dream come true for, for most of these fighters. Uh, this is a historical place to fight. You know, everybody, every fighter dreams of fighting in the garden. Yeah, it's the most famous arena in the world. And that's right. not hyperbole. Like, it says it right on the front door. We drove by on the way here, and it, it truly is. The amount of history that has gone on in that building, in, in UFC history as well. I mean, this is where Conor McGregor defeated Eddie Alvarez to become the champ champ. Like, this is something that, uh, you know, it, it's special to be here for, for me, Pearl, because for the longest time, mixed martial arts in the state of New York was illegal. Right. It was one of the last right. states to get on board. And now that it's finally here, just to be, like you said, you know, in the city, feeling the, the buzz and the excitement for this card, this building is going to, you know, be host to even more history on Saturday night. And uh, it, it's just something truly special. Oh, my goodness. This is, the whole week has been amazing. The lead up, you know, I just, I got a chance to take a glimpse at, at the face-offs today, you know, and, the, and watch the pressers. And it's just, it's so incredible. All of these athletes, they're just so talented. And, and they're truly the, the greatest examples of this sport. If you look at Rose and you look at Whaley, you know, you look at the way Usman speaks and, and how he carries himself as a man. Then you look at Covington, you know, and, and, and how Covington is. Then you go to Gaethje and Michael Chandler and you listen to them speak. I mean, this is an unbelievable card. And, and it is. It's in the best place it could be in, in Madison Square Garden, New York City. Yeah, no, 100%. And uh, I can't wait to see it unfold. And, you know, if that weren't enough, if, if the, the action we've already talked about weren't enough, we, we got to talk about the first fight uh, on the, the main card. Frankie oh, Edgar geez. back in action, taking on Cheeto Vera. Like, uh, again, this is how stacked this card is. Frankie Crazy. Edgar in the first fight of the night uh, on pay-per-view. And, and when I look at Frankie Edgar, he's an established name. He's someone to... He's a legend. Hall of Famer, without question, and uh, you know someone that doesn't want to go away anytime soon. When I look at Frankie Edgar, you know he always surprises me. He always comes out in his game. And when I look at you know what he has in front of him, Chito Vera, this is going to be a very fun fight. That you know Chito Vera is the biggest opportunity of his career right now. But Frankie Edgar will not go away easy. Oh my God, and, and he's evolving. This is again one of these fighters that is a that is a legend, right? He's been in the sport for so long, and for as long as he's been in the sport, he still is improving, you know? And the other great thing about Frankie is regardless of what adversity he's he's faced and what, what difficulties he's gone through inside that octagon, he keeps coming back, he keeps persevering, and he keeps getting better. It's insane. Like, what another great example of, of, uh, of what you want to be, what you aspire to be like in this sport. You know, but 
looking at his opponent in Cheeto Vera, Cheeto's a guy that, you know, I said this was the biggest opportunity of his career. It, it is, but it's also sort of a similar situation in when he fought Jose Aldo. And Aldo was able to get the win that night. A lot of people thought it was going to be Cheeto Vera getting that win because it's one of those fights where if Cheeto Vera beats Frankie Edgar, he's going to raise his stock so much. And that's generally how the next generation of athletes come in and they fight these legends. But, you know, Jose Aldo was able to get past Cheeto Vera. Does Cheeto feel any sort of similarities between that opportunity and this one, do you think? Potentially, right? But he faced a, he faced a superstar like we're watching right now, Sean O'Malley, and I mean he came in and annihilated him. Right. And then you know he, he did. He fought Jose Aldo. He didn't have the best performance, but he's still getting better. He he too is travels everywhere. He's, he goes and he's looking for the best coaching possible and constantly working to improve his game. I had the, the luxury to sit with him in um in one of the last fights that we were at the T-Mobile. odds for this fight. Frankie Edgar, the plus 150 underdog to the minus 170 favorite in Marlon Chicho Vera. We will see how it unfolds. Again, Kamara Usman, a big favorite over Colby Covington. Minus 320 is the welterweight champion. The strawweight champion, a plus 105 underdog to the former strawweight champion in Zhang Wei Li. It will be a fun fight, and DraftKings believes there's more fun to be had with some skin in the game. Get in on the action right now with betting, daily fantasy, contest and free play points. Download any of the DraftKings apps today using promo code FIGHTPASS. Get on it, ladies and gentlemen. Like, you know, no no offense. I'm not saying that DraftKings is wrong because life is a little more fun when you have some skin in the game. But this fight card is, it's just fire. Like, it's it's going to be fire. an amazing, amazing night here in uh, New York. And you and I are going to be live from Legend Sports Bar before and after the uh, event on pay-per-view. So if you're in the area, you want to come hang out with Pearl Gonzalez. I mean, she's not going to be this tall. She's definitely <laughs> taller on TV. I grow with, with, with the, the camera, so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, it's been an amazing night. I, I, tonight, you know, here at this hour at meet and greet, getting to see Patty and, and, and Luciana. Luciana. Yeah, Luciana. Luciana. Yeah. Her name wrong. Grand Boylan stopping by. You know, the fans are here. I mean, the energy is amazing. It, and I'm going to get bagels I'm tomorrow. I'm super yes. Yes, yeah. I'm super jelly. How was the pizza? Uh, it's phenomenal. Oh, phenomenal. God. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. I like Chicago deep dish a little bit better. But I cannot stop you. Did you have macaroni and cheese pizza? No, no. Oh, my God. you got to do a specialty pizza here. Macaroni and cheese pizza is bomb. I also had, I had a Caesar salad pizza. Bomb. I had a um, garlic knot pizza. Bomb. Like, I just can't stop. I can't stop eating the pizza here. I mean, I had to. I, I haven't had a cheat meal in three weeks, so I'm doing really good right now. But if I didn't have to, I wouldn't be able to stop eating pizza.
All right, well, good to know. You got a fight coming up, so. I do, so I'm cutting my weight and getting ready for that. Lay off that pizza. All right. What a, a phenomenal week it's going to be here again. Join us coming up uh, Saturday night. Immediately following the pay-per-view, we'll be live on Facebook, uh, hanging out for extra rounds. But if you're in the area, you can come hang out and maybe uh, dance with Pearl Gonzalez or something. Legend Sports Bar is where we'll be at before and after the UFC 268 broadcast this Saturday night. So can't wait to uh, get to work and, and take in all I the events. Yes. Pearl, it's, it's, it's great to be here. And uh, I guess, uh, you know. <laughs> You look tall. You. <laughs> you look tall. <laughs> I love it. It's time to shrink you back down to size, I think. <laughs> All right, fine. All right. Fun up here. She's Pearl Gonzalez. I'm TJ DeSantis. Thanks for hanging out and watching Extra Rounds. Again, we'll be live Saturday before and after the event live from Legend Sports Park here in New York City. For Pearl, I'm TJ. Thanks for doing a few Extra Rounds right here on UFC Fight Pass.